0: Hello everyone and welcome back to the 35th edition of the Sports Run On Podcast. We'll start out this edition of the podcast like we do most Tuesday podcasts by talking about the updated top 10 in the NCAA. The updated top 10 in the NCAA is we will be starting out talking about number one LSU. LSU will stay at number one. We have Alabama at number two. Ohio State at three. Clemson will come in at four at the final playoff spot for right now. Penn State at five. Georgia moves up to six. Oregon moves up to seven. Utah is up to eight. Oklahoma is at nine. And Florida falls to ten after a loss to Georgia this week. This upcoming week is going to be probably one of the biggest games of the entire year. One of the biggest deciding games of the entire year. It might not be deciding because most of these teams will probably get into the College football playoffs. But ranking-wise, this is going to be the biggest game of the year. Because if you didn't know, this Saturday at 3.30, it will be number to Alabama at number number 1 LSU at number 2 Alabama which i mean you can't get a better game than 1 against 2 which is why a lot of people expect this to like be this is like their game of the year just because of how good these teams are and how good people have seen they are and but there is one big thing going into this game that a lot of people are worried about and that is that is the how injured Tua Tagaloa is going into this game he is backup Jones the backup quarterback for um Alabama they have been splitting snaps as of recently in the week leading up to this game. So that means that Tua is definitely not completely ready to go, or they would have him taking all the snaps at this point. Which is, I think this is really interesting. I think it's interesting for LSU, especially when they have to pr- try to prepare for this, because they don't know exactly who, which quarterback they're going to be preparing for, because preparing for Tua and preparing for the backup quarterback for Alabama are two completely different. Like, the game plan has to be switched a little bit, just because, I mean, they've Every quarterback plays a different game, so I mean, no matter who it is, you kind of have to switch a little bit. And I mean, especially if you have two quarterbacks who you don't know who's going to be starting that game, it's kind of hard. Just it's kind of hard to plan for sure. Oh, we know, we know how he plays. We know his tendencies. No, because and especially for the if the backup quarterback ends up starting the game for Alabama, he has only played one game up to this point, which is last week in the win over Arkansas. And that is the only film that they would have over him. And they have more over two of as he's been the starter for a while. But I mean, they do not have, and but they don't have a lot on the back of quarterback for Alabama, which is going to be a big story that you're, you're going to have to follow. Because I mean, with this being a lot, a lot of people's game of the, could be well just standing wise game of the year. This could be a ginormous development of who, of what, how, of if to a play or if he isn't going to play in this game. One team from the SEC that really strengthened their resume for a chance to, be able to get back to the college football playoffs is Georgia, as they knocked off Florida in the in the top, only top ten game we had, la, had we had last week. I I thought this was a pretty big win for the Dogs over of good Florida. I think this was a talented Florida team. It was on the road too, which was which makes it even bigger having to go into the swamp and win, which which is definitely not the easiest thing to do because Florida plays very well at home, which is why I think that's going to help them even more that they were able to go in and do it at the swamp. But I just I feel like that this really helps strengthen Georgia's case because they needed one of these like like big they needed one of these wins against a team that had already had that had wins against other big teams like you need you need to have especially in the SEC yeah it's a loser friendly conference I say that but I only say that because of the fact of you have so many chances to get big wins if you can't capitalize if all your losses come like you beat the teams you're supposed to but then you don't win any of the games without a kind of like fifty fifty like that Georgia. Florida game, or even it might not have been like a 55-45 in favor of the Gators because they are playing at home. But, like, you have to win those games to be able to strengthen your case if you want a reason to just get to the SEC championship to have a chance to play Alabama or have a chance to play LSU. Like, you need to get these wins over top teams to be like, put that down under the category of big win on your resume. And I think Georgia did just that with this win over Florida – because I think Florida, a lot of people have doubt how good this team is, but I I, I think they're talented. I, I think even with the quarterback, backup quarterback in, in Kyle Trask, I still think that he is a very, I still think he's a very talented quarterback, and I still think this Florida team is a very talented team. Which is why I don't think you can count them out from playing, like, from beating a team that maybe you don't think they should. So I think there's still a lot of talent on that roster. Like, without question, it's why they're t- still top 10 in the nation. It's why they did, even after that loss, they still didn't fall out of the top 10. I mean, and that kind of just goes back to the SEC. They were able to lose and not fly out of the top 10, but then you have teams over them like Oregon, Utah, Oklahoma, that, I mean, Oklahoma did l well, like Oregon, Utah, especially coming out of the Pac 12, or, or even maybe Penn State coming out of the Big 10, like if they lose once, their season's over. Like, I mean, it's, it's the great parts about playing in the SEC is how loser friendly it is. You can lose, you, it's like the only conference it feels like to a lot of people. That you can get in with one loss just because, as I said, it's the strength of, it's the strength of schedule that you have over every other conference because four or five big wins a year is a lot. And I mean, when you have, you have teams like Auburn who are playing eight or nine or supposed to play like going into the season, if you go off the AP top 25 that they, we went into the season with, they were projected, they, they were projected out of that top 25 to have eight of their 12 games be against top 25 opponents. It didn't end up turning out like that completely. So that's pretty incredible to play that many top teams, and you just got to try to win week in, week out, which is definitely not always the easiest thing because you always have to bring your A game, or it could easily be curtains for you just because of how good these teams are, like how talented all these teams in the SEC are. I also want to talk about the teams that I talked about was Oregon and Utah. They they both definitely strengthened their resume. Just just both. I mean, they don't really have to strengthen their resume. They just got to keep winning and hope for losses over them at this point. I mean, I don't know exactly what else they really can do at this point because, like, as I said, the Pac-12—you lose, you're done anyway. Which is why it's th- most likely going to be Utah and Oregon in the Pac-12 championship to figure out who has who would be your only who'd be the one left to be your underdog chance for the college football playoffs. That's going to be a game that I'm really looking forward to because, as I've watched some of the games of these of these two teams, I think they're they're both. I mean, especially with Oregon and Justin Herbert. And then uh, Oregon defense is playing very, very well this season. I think that's going to be an interesting game for them to try to slow down the attack of Utah, which I think, as I've seen, they, they have a very high-powered offense. And I think there's no question that they can put up points, which is why it's definitely not going to be an easy task for the Ducks to be able to stop that attack, which is why I think – well, I mean, there's no question they both stay undefeated. They're, they're both going to go to the, the Pac-12 championship game. And then I just feel like, if, especially if they're both undefeated, that's what, that's the game that's gonna, probably going to end up coming down to for who gets it and who doesn't. Or even if one of the teams has one loss. If you win the Pac 12, like say the team, like Oregon has a loss because they, they end up tripping up a game or something. And they're able to beat Utah. Who knows? That could definitely get them still back into a very strong bowl because they won the Pac 12 and they beat a Utah team that, that would have meant Utah at that point would be undefeated. Now moving on to the second part of this podcast, which will be the NFL. The NFL had a lot happen. One of the biggest things is that the Ravens were able to pull off. Their, were able to end the perfect season of the New England Patriots on Sunday Night Football. Lamar Jackson played very well, and I think he. There's no question in this game that he definitely put himself into MVP conversation. Like I don't think there's any question in that. He played outstanding against the Patriots defense that had just been suffocating at times. Like you just you feel like you couldn't even do anything against this team at points, and they were able. They were able to put up high 30s on this team at home I mean it did help the Ravens that they were at home but it's still a very very impressive thing for them to be able to put up against a very talented Patriots team I mean as we know is a very talented Patriots team as they've been getting wins all all throughout the year but I, I still don't think and this might be an unpopular opinion but I don't still don't think I mean I think the Ravens are good but I don't think they're going to do anything special this year. like I don't think this is going to be like a ring season for them I still know for a fact that they're going to even win the AFC North. Like, I still think the Steelers are really coming on. And I think the Steelers are really showing that they can win. I mean, I'll talk about that a little bit later in the podcast, but I think that the Steelers especially, they're one of these teams that's really coming, to, kind of coming into their own with Mason Rudolph. I mean, those are the only two competition. As the Browns are, they're just trying to figure out what's going on. Cleveland's just trying to really just try to put a winning season together. The Bengals are tanking to try to get the top pick. Which Miami just, which Miami just failed at as they got a win, but I just, I think that there's no, I, I think that there's a good chance they win the AFC North, but I don't think it's for sure because especially if they slip up, the Steelers are going to be right on their tail for this season because I think the Steelers have showed that they can get wins in big time, big game situations. As I talk about the Dolphins and the Jets, those are the two teams that we're looking at trying to get the top pick, and I'm pretty sure the Dolphins. I think, I think they pretty just, I think they pretty much just failed at tanking. Because pretty much what you do if you didn't know what tanking is, tanking is if you start off the season like 0-7, 0-8, and you know that there's absolutely no chance you're getting into the playoffs because you just can't, or the the Dolphins, you start at 0-4, but you're just getting absolutely blown out. And you know you have a position that you need that's going to be a top pick in the draft, like a quarterback, you know you need a receiver. At this point it might be Joe Burrow or Tua, depending on who the team look at, the teams look at. But, I mean, what you really do at Tank is some people say, I mean, no no team really wants to lose. But, I mean, it's just kind of the fact of, like, if, if, you, if you have to lose, it's not the worst thing in the world. Because then at least you get the top pick going forward, and then you get to groom him like the Cardinals got with Kyler Murray in last year's draft. But I, I just, I think this is really, I think that they, the Jets have officially hit rock bottom. Like, I mean, they're looking at trades for Le'Veon now. Like, I think them and the Dolphins, I, I mean, I apparently haven't hit rock bottom because they at least have a win. But I think the Bengals, who I talked about with the AFC North conversation with the Ravens, I think that they're also, I mean, they're trying to tank. I don't think there's any question about that. A lot of people think Miami's tanking just because of the, the outcome of that of their game against the Pittsburgh Steelers. Whenever it came down to a lot of people still thinking that they could have easily won that game against the Steelers, but then they, cho- they chose not to. It wasn't like, oh, we we didn't win because we just got outplayed. No, a lot of people think that was just because they chose to not win that game because they, again, as I said, they want to try to get a top, at least a top-five pick. They're trying to get the player that they're looking for coming out of the class. Whoever that may be, if it may be Jalen Hurts or Joe Burrow or... Jared Judy, if they're looking for a receiver out of the University of Alabama, or just many others. Like I think it's just very interesting that the all these teams are just in some cases they're trying to lose just to see who it's like. Kind of the Jets kind of knocked themselves out. The Miami, the Dolphins, excuse me, kind of knocked themselves out of contention whenever they beat the Jets last week. It's kind of took them from having a chance to get a first pick because I mean it's it's a good chance that one of these teams will probably end with zero wins and that go zero and sixteen, maybe not zero and sixteen, but one and fifteen. And, I mean, that would mean that Miami would have to lose out, and they'd have to hope one of these teams actually gets a win for some odd reason. Up next is a team that's definitely that's not looking to tank. They're looking to, to try to keep going even without a star player at this point, and that's the Chiefs. It is looking like they're set with with Matt Moore, and it looking like the Chiefs are still getting it done. Like, their defense is playing very, very well as of recently, I, which is why I think that there's no question they're still a playoff contender. A lot of people don't don't think that they're a playoff contender completely. Like, they don't completely believe it. But I think I think that there's really no question. I think they definitely are still a playoff contender. Do I think that they're going to get a one or a two seed? I don't I don't know who the two seed is going to go to, to be completely honest, because I thought it was going to be the Colts. And then they, they just lost to a Steelers team that everybody thought that they should have beaten because they thought the Steelers were bad this year. And it was just a rebuilding year with all the injuries. But then the Steelers go out and get a ginormous win without a lot of key names, like James Conner, Benny Snow, who was their backup running back at that time and then, and then of course Ben Roethlisberger, who's also injured he he out uh, with an elbow injury. So to be honest with you I still think that number 2 spot like the the second bye for the AFC playoffs I think it's still completely wide open. I don't think there's any question. I think well, these teams can still definitely try to go for that because I don't th- I think the Patriots I mean most people think they've walked up the one seed unless they trip up like three two or three at least two or three more times. Normally, for some reason, you could only end up with, like, 12 or 13 wins. That'd be the only way they could fall out of that. But I mean, even then, I don't know what other team is really, like, a favorite. Like, last year, the Chiefs were, like, a good favorite. Like, oh, yeah, there's a really good chance they could get 13 wins or 14 because they're just really talented. And I think the Chiefs are still that talented. But, I mean, when you take Mahomes away from a team, I mean, he's their star player. Whenever you take a star away from a team, it makes it really – Difficult for that team to still get to that 13 or 14 win, trying to have to put a lot of faith in their backup quarterback, who they're putting their faith in Matt Moore at this time. But I still think, I just still think that the AFC is definitely wide open. It might even be a little, I mean, I still think the NFC is wide open too. I mean, I think the one and two seed might, they're getting closer to being solid as the one being the 49ers. Is there the only undefeated team left in the NFL right now? But again, even over there, I don't think the two, the two seed is a for sure yet. Like I think the Seahawks have a good chance to and I think there are a couple other teams that have a good chance of getting it. Do I think it's a for sure? No, I don't think it's a for sure at all that any of these teams is going to be able to secure it. As I talk about the Steelers, they they're looking like they could honestly be a playoff team. I know it's not. It's not a lot of people don't think like they think like what are you talking about? The Steelers a playoff team? Yeah, I honestly think they are. I think that they're going to get things. Con- I think they're going to get a connection with Mason Rudolph going like. Mason Rudolph, James Washington, I think think they're getting that connection down. I think they showed that, beating what, if the playoffs would have ended last week, the Colts would have been your two seed. And then they just lost to a Steelers team, which nobody would have even thought to put in if the playoffs started last week. But I just, and then that just comes back to the fact of Tomlin. Like a lot of people thought he was on the hot seat for the Steelers. But now he's starting to get big game wins without on, without A.B., which a lot of people are like, oh, they, the reason that they're tanking is because they don't have the star names. You have to have the star names to be able to get wins. I mean, the Steelers are kind of showing that they don't really have to. They Even the star names that are left, like Big Ben and James Conner, they're not even in at this point. I mean, yeah, they still have Juju, who is their star receiver. But, I mean, they're, B- Big Ben and James Conner are two very significant names that they, like, on the Steelers, especially Big Ben, as he's – as long as he's been in with the Steelers. But I just think I think it's really interesting just the fact of like they're they're get they gotta win against a, a very talented Colts team whenever a lot of people expected, oh, this is just this could be a tanking year for the Steelers too but it's looking like who knows, maybe the Steelers could be a team to surprise a couple of people and maybe get in as a wild card and maybe surprise some people if they can get some things clicking. Another team that a lot of people, that I think is a wild card team, but I think a lot, more people agree on me with that than the Steelers is the Buffalo Bills. And I think they're just like, I think they're in the perfect spot. A lot of people aren't really caring about them. They're not getting a crazy amount of press and they're just winning. They're just winning and winning and winning and winning. They're just winning games. Like, it's a very talented Bills team. Like, I don't think there's any question. You can't really deny that with the wins that they've got, like the multiple wins that they've got. The, the Bills is going to be definitely be a dark horse to even go to the AFC Championship because, as I said, I feel like, in my own honest opinion, I think the AFC is wide open at this point. I think the Patriots are probably at the top, and I think besides that, I think there are a lot of teams that could really be subbed in and subbed out. Like I think there are a, mul- a good amount of teams, like maybe even more than the NFC, that could be subbed in and subbed out for who deserves to be there, who doesn't deserve to be there, and just everything else. Which is why I think it's going to be really interesting to see which one of these teams really should, which one of these teams starts like they they put a couple L's together and which one of these teams is able to put a couple wins together and really get to put themselves in as like try to start securing spots for the see if they can secure a playoff spot sooner rather than later. One of the teams that a lot of people thought was not doing very hot this season but now kind of is is the L.A. Chargers. They've received to win two straight games and they are back into the, the, the hunt again. Yeah, I know this is the Chargers team that uh the Steelers kind of it, I, I, like they they beat them, but the first half looked very ugly for this team, like very very ugly for this team, like they looked like a one win team in the first half, and they played a better second half, but I mean they look like a one win team in the first half, and now they get two two straight wins, and now hey we're back in the we're back in the race for the AFC West against a Chiefs team without Patrick Mahomes, a Cardinals team that's just kind of they're just kind of trying trying to find. And just an AFC West team that's just all messed up at this point, which is why I think that who knows the Chargers puts a couple in division wins together. Who knows they could be a, they could be another team that could just sneak in, like sneak into a playoff spot. But a lot of people just don't see coming just because they're going to start. They they could start to put wins together. And then one of the final things that I want to talk about in this podcast is Adam Vinatieri. In most minds, I, I agree if you think that he's the best kicker of all time. I don't think there's any question about that, but I think he's definitely the best kicker of all time that we've seen so far. I think that the age might finally be getting to him. I think that in the Steelers game, whenever with the mixed extra point and missed field goal, I mean, a lot of people thought this was going to come five years ago, and he just keeps kicking and he keeps being accurate. But I mean, with tie for the most missed extra points in the league right now and just missing field goals which really came down after they lose by only two points to the Steelers I just think I think that the decline might be sooner rather than before I think he's already on the decline but I think in my honest opinion I think retirement for Adam Vinatieri might be sooner rather than later at this point with that said I want to thank you for listening to the 35th edition of the sports run on podcast. If, if you want to follow me, make sure to follow me on Twitter at Sports Run On Podcast. And, make, and if there's any podcast that you've missed, make sure to go down below and make sure to give them a listen. But with that said, I want to thank you all for listening to the 35th edition of the Sports Run On Podcast.